When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hola, la puerta es abre. Bienvenido to telling everybody everything. Yes, this is a Hilaria Baldwin reference. If you don't know what happened yesterday, neither do I, because do you know the internet hijacks every single news story with memes and hilarious takes, sketches. I love them all. What I can ascertain reading between the lines of all this hilarious comedy is that Alec Baldwin's current wife, Hilaria Baldwin, uh, pretended to be Spanish. She is about my age and she was born in Boston, I guess. And then I don't know what happened. She lived with her family in Spain for a bit. And I think her name's Hillary when she was born. But now she's Hilaria and she speaks with a Spanish accent, but somehow it was uncovered she has zero Spanish heritage. Her parents are white. It's a bit of a Rachel Dolezal situation, but with a Latina fakery. I don't know. I don't know if Hilaria Baldwin is Spanish or not, or if she's just another white woman who goes to Europe for a while and comes back with an accent. And we see this on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Dorit. She's married to the British PK. That's kind of where BK's name comes from because we love the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in this house. Well, my friend Emily Dean and I do, and a lot of my other girlfriends do. Bobby doesn't watch it, but Dorit is this like fashionista. She's had a lot of work done recently that makes her look like Kim Kardashian somehow. I mean, they've all had a lot of work done. Dorit needs to come right out and tell me who is tweaking her face. I've narrowed it down. I feel like it's Jason Diamond, but I can't confirm that. Anyway, she looks great. She's American. And there is a famous scene from a few seasons back where Erica Jane, my absolute favorite, Erica Jane says to her, where's your accent from? Because Dorit sort of speaks with a British accent. And she goes, oh, well, you know, PK is British and I've traveled around. I lived in Roma, blah, blah, blah. And Erica's like, yeah, but you're an American citizen, right? And Dorit's very non-committal. She's like, oh, well, you know, my parents... Uh, originated in Israel, and Erica Jane is like, you're American. I don't know where I come from. Yes, it's very difficult to tell. I'm just Dorit. I don't know why these women do it. I mean, I do. It's to sound different. It's to sound more premium. Nobody wants to speak with the accent from the shit regional town that they're from. I would know. But the difference is, I never spoke like someone from Sarnia. I always had a different accent, not a British accent or a Spanish accent, but I didn't have the same accent. I don't know. I don't know what the accent is. And neither did my mom. And maybe that's why people hated us. We just spoke 
a neutral North American kind of a accent like the one people use on TV. And that is my accent to this day. And anyone who tells you, oh, Lindsay Lohan, well, I've been living in Turkey and this is why all of a sudden I have a small... No, you've been living there, what, three months, a year. I've been in the UK 14 years. My accent has not changed. Sure, I've picked up words, you know, I will say lift, aubergine. But overall, if you are an adult who moves somewhere, that's your accent. So, Hilaria Baldwin, it's not very cool if you are appropriating Latina culture for your own benefit and financial gain when you know that that is an oppressed minority in America. But I don't really know what's going on because once again, it is shrouded in memes. It's enjoyable. You want to go on Twitter and search Hilaria Baldwin. There's a lot of fun to be had on there. I, it's, I don't think you can get canceled from being a rich and famous actor's young wife with four kids under the age of six. I don't think anyone can cancel you from that. So hopefully it's all harmless fun. And it's always worth mentioning for a British audience that North American accents are not dictated by what fancy school you went to. Number one, most cities don't have the option for a fancy private primary or secondary school. My city sure did not. And then, yeah, you can go to maybe a fancy expensive university. You can get into Harvard, but you will have the same accent as all the kids who went to Ithaca College. We have pretty much a neutral accent a little bit different depending on the town, but that is why it's so bananas for a North American person to all of a sudden come out with a British accent or a Spanish accent. It just doesn't make sense to us. Is Hilaria Baldwin Spanish? I don't know. Ultimately, I don't give a fuck. I got much bigger problems this week than whether or not Justin Bieber's stepmother-in-law is using her proper accent. I can't really sleep that well. I don't have insomnia or anxiety the way a lot of my smarter friends with real problems do. I just, I think because of the lockdown, I'm not on a normal schedule. I hardly ever leave the house. And why wouldn't you just fall asleep at 8 p.m.? Like, Violet stays up later than me every single night. And I lay down with her and I try to watch TV and hang out for a while. And that's it for me. God forbid I try to read. I fall asleep too early. Then 3.30 a.m. rolls around and I'm up and I'm reading on my phone and I'm watching TikToks and I'm watching some of those Facebook videos because a lot of them feature Dr. Phil episodes that I can't otherwise access or maybe highlights from Family Feud starring Steve Harvey, the greatest entertainer of our generation. Don't at me. Yes, I know about the letter he wrote his staff about his own personal enjoyment and keeping away from him. I don't disagree with that letter, so don't bother citing that as a reason why he's an asshole. Uh, I think he's had some weird things about women. Who hasn't? Ah, nobody's perfect. I love Steve Harvey. So last night I couldn't sleep and I was watching some Facebook videos and lately this girl is popping up in my feed and I have found her unsettling before. I think her name is Bailey and no offense, Bailey, I'm sure you have a lot of fans and subscribers, but what she does is she speaks about crime like murders and true crime while doing her makeup and it's very unsettling just the incongruency of it she's doing like a get ready with me and putting on her foundation and it's it's just weird to watch she'll be patting in some eye concealer and like and then he chopped up their bodies and they were found under oh I should give you a trigger warning at this point I'm going to talk about an actual murder that happened and this murder involves 
a family. So if you don't want to listen to that, I totally understand why I will not be gratuitous with it, but that's coming up trigger warning right now. But I suppose this girl has just realized with her viral true crime makeup account that if she gathers different elements of zeitgeisty popular content and gloms it into one Frankenstein account, then it's compelling for people. And congratulations to her. She certainly has a following. But pardon me for being an adult. I can focus on one thing at a time. I don't need all my senses to be engaged at once. It's like true crime. Here you go. The full story. And also lipstick. And here's where I got this mascara. And visually watch me put my makeup on. I don't like to see anyone put their makeup on truly. I mean, some of these accounts, and I know they're very informative, young girls now, they can do, they can do it all. They can contour, they can do a beautiful lip liner, they can do a smoky eye, they can do a cat eye. When we were that age, all we could do was pluck our eyebrows into oblivion like a stressed out parrot. I do like C.C. Clark's makeup tutorials, if you've seen those. Though I met that girl once, and this is what a different universe the internet is. I've been on television for like a decade, and she asked me, oh, are you a professional Kris Jenner impersonator? She thought I was a professional Kris Jenner impersonator. And I said, yeah, because we'd met at this HeyYou.com event for the release of the new Kardashian season, and I decided, because it was a quiz about the Kardashians and I was leading the quiz, I decided that I would dress up as Kris Jenner and call myself Quiz Jenner. Maybe I am a full-time Kris Jenner impersonator. We have a lot of the same values. Anyway, this woman, Bailey something, who does her makeup while talking about murders. What a way to get ready. She started talking about a Canadian murder, and so I didn't scroll past it right away. I put my phone down so I didn't have to watch what was going on, and I listened like it was a podcast. The topic of today's makeup tutorial was the Richardson family of Medicine Hat, Alberta. I wanted to listen because I know that Canadian serial killers are the most prolific of anywhere else in the world. What I mean by this is it takes a long time for them to get caught and they kill a lot of people before the police figure out who they are. I don't know what the reasons are for this. Do we not have enough people in the police force? Are they just not motivated to solve these crimes? Is Canada too big, maybe, with too many places to hide people? Or are our sentences just way too lenient so maybe people aren't that scared? Of being serial killers. I don't know. The family was a mom and a dad, a little boy and a little girl, and the girl was fine and normal until she turned about 11, 12, and then she started dressing in black and she liked gothic things and she wanted to be a vampire. All very normal. 12 year old girls find the occult and they turn against the family all the time. There are hormones that go weird at this age. We start watching The Craft and Foxfires, and it's a phase, and we feel really emo, and we paint our walls black, and then you graduate from that stage, and this cloud is lifted, and you feel a whole lot better about your life. Fine. The girl was called Jasmine, and she started looking for like-minded vampire people online, and she met a man called John, I think, and he was 23 years old. He was actually a 300-year-old werewolf, according to him, but in like human Earth planet years, he was 23. So he's an adult talking to this 12-year-old girl all about, you know, Satan and the occult and being vampires and drinking blood. Apparently, this man wore a vial of blood around his neck, and he really charmed her and enticed her further over to the dark side. Her parents found out about this relationship, which, by the way, 
people keep calling a relationship. I have since looked this story up online. So the Bailey girl in the makeup video chat was like, her boyfriend, John, they started dating their relationship, blah, blah, blah. No, a 23-year-old... How many times do I have to say this? I feel like I'm living in a crazy planet. A 23-year-old man cannot be in a relationship with a 12-year-old girl. That is a pedo. He's a sex offender. And of course, her parents had a problem with this quote-unquote relationship, just like anyone would have a problem with their 12-year-old child being molested by an adult man. So they said, you can't see this man anymore. And then she gets all upset, of course, like, oh, my parents are trying to keep me from my one true love because she is brainwashed. So they hatch some plan together, according to the story. But once again, this 12-year-old, anything that happens from this point in, if you ask me, she can no longer consent to. Not even if you ask me. I'm pretty sure if you ask the law, she is traumatized at this point, being raped by an adult man. Nothing that happens from here on in, I think, is her fault. But anyway, as the story goes, he comes to her house one night, and this was all pre-planned. She's upstairs with her little brother. She's 12 years old, and the man comes and kills her mother with a knife, and then her father hears the ruckus. He comes down the stairs. He gets murdered by the man, and then the man goes upstairs after killing both these girls' parents, and the girl is covering her little brother's ears so he doesn't have to hear the violence that's going on downstairs. And then apparently in a show of love, you know, to prove to him that she was as culpable in this vampire act of murder as he was, she stabs her brother and she's the one who actually kills her little brother. This is all discovered pretty quickly and they were proud of themselves and they were all like, oh yes, we did this vampire terrible ritual. Apparently they had no remorse. Anyway, the girl is sentenced to 10 years in prison, which feels like maybe not enough, according to some people. If you do murder your whole family, 10 years is the maximum in Canada, though. So she gets the 10 years. He gets three sentences because he was more responsible for killing both parents and then the brother. So he gets three concurrent sentences. Still, with time served and the way people get off early in Canada, he will not serve a full 30 years. There's just absolutely no way. As a lot of you know, a girl that I knew in high school was murdered, very viciously murdered, and her killer's already out of prison, just living a wonderful life. So, I mean, Canadian sentencing, not great. But we as a society are a lot more about rehabilitation than punishment. So that's the rationale for that. So I'm digging into this story. I'm looking at other articles. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Nowhere is this man called an abuser, a molester, a pedophile. There's no sympathy for what this girl went through. It's just like, well, she was a child at the time. So she only got 10 years for killing her whole family. But what a psycho. The what he was not tried for molesting her. There's nowhere in the legal records he's just a murderer, according to them. He can never own firearms and he has to give his DNA to the Canadian government or whatever when he gets out, which he will. What is the statute of limitations for being a pedo? Because this didn't happen that long ago. He needs to be tried for molesting this girl. Like that, the fact that that is just legally of no importance makes me fucking sick. And furthermore, I posted this on my Instagram today and I can't believe it. This isn't just half of like random people selected from the universe. This is half of people who follow me by choice are like, good, 
she got what she deserved. Oh, I'm from that town. Can you believe that she's been released and she went to university and she's living under a different name and she didn't even have to pay for university and blah, blah. She got to go to school, whatever, in prison. Good. Like this poor girl, has she not been traumatized enough? Her whole family's dead. She was raped as a 12-year-old. It's not ideal that she was a vampire dating a 300-year-old werewolf and had a hand in killing her. That's not ideal. No one's saying that I condone that type of behavior from any 12-year-old. But come on. I already have to be the Aaron Brockovich of Sarnia, Ontario, and get to the bottom of all the benzene cover-up and all the issues with the petrochemical plant there, the fact that we have sky-high leukemia rates and all these problems. Now I also have to be the Kim Kardashian West of fucking Alberta, a province that I have said nothing but terrible things about. And I have to free these young women from their unfair sentences. It's a lot like the Sintoya Brown story. It's different, but this is the teenage girl who quote-unquote murdered in self-defense. The pimp who was keeping her prisoner, she's finally, I think, been exonerated, or at the very least, she's out now, and people have a better understanding of what she went through. But why are these children convicted? I just, I know this isn't very Christmassy. Look up this case. It's the Richardsons in Medicine Hat, Alberta. You will not find this man called anything but her boyfriend anywhere in any of the legal records, any of the news stories. And people are like, oh my God, I can't believe she's out and he's still in prison. That's not fair. If you are an Alberta-based lawyer and you would like to get being a massive fucking pedo added to this man's concurrent murder sentences, because this shit matters, please do it. I don't think it would be difficult to prove. I mean, the age disparity isn't even 12 and 23. According to this freak, he is 300 years old, banging a 12-year-old and murdering her whole family. So I really feel like I would love to see it officially added to the history books that he was not only a murderous vampire, an animal abuser, an overall freak, but he was also a child molester. Thank you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Emails now. I hope this provides some light relief from the previous discussion of murders and abuse. Welcome back if you couldn't listen to the first part of the podcast. Okay, first email. Catherine, did Taylor Swift write the song Tis the Damn Season about you and Bobby Kay? What? I have not heard all of the songs on Taylor Swift's new album, but I do love the way that she just writes and writes and writes. Pandemic, no pandemic, canceled, 
briefly or non-canceled. She's just always working. And let her be a lesson to all of us. So we could call it even. You could call me babe for the weekend. Tis the damn season. Write this down. I'm staying at my parents' house. And the road not taken looks real good now. And it always leads to you in my hometown. I parked my car right between the Methodist and the school that used to be ours. I escaped it too. Remember how you watched me leave? But if it's okay with you, it's okay with me. Hmm. I mean, a lot of these things are about us. So seems like she bangs someone from her hometown. Kind of like I did. I won't ask you to wait if you don't ask me to stay. So I'll go back to LA and the so-called friends who'll write books about me if I ever make it and wonder about the only soul who can tell which smiles I'm faking and the heart I know I'm breaking is my own. Hmm. Well, she must have written this about me and Bobby Kay. There's no other option because she's not dating anyone from her hometown. She's dating that little boy from Highgate, isn't she? All right, yes, I can officially confirm that Taylor Swift wrote Tis the Damn Season about my relationship with Bobby Kay and about how I traveled back to Canada to search my ancestry and ended up banging him at my mom's house and I always loved him. However, I don't think that you should do the same. Most exes are exes for a reason. If you have moved from your small town, you know, you know the Reese Witherspoon film, Sweet Home Alabama, that is not a realistic ending for a lot of us. All right. It worked for me. I mean, so far, we've been married about a year. Talk to me in 10 years and see if it was a smart idea. I feel like it will be. But (laughs) most of the losers that you left behind in your small town, you left for a reason. What the? This is an email from my stepdad's brother. Catherine, we haven't spoken in a long time. My wife, Jen, and I were doing a Zoom and her niece mentioned your name. Would you please send her a personal message or shout out? I mean, Caitlin Stever, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you are a listener, then you will know that people who uh, are friends with me in real life or anyone who knows anyone in my family is actually not allowed to listen to the podcast. These are very personal, private thoughts. And a lot of my dad's friends have already been banned. And now, unfortunately, I mean, I appreciate that you like me and stuff, but you are now six degrees away from me. And now I can't tell my private information anymore if you listen to the podcast, because you might tell your aunt's husband, and then he might tell my stepdad, and my stepdad might tell my mom, who's also banned from the podcast. So it's been nice knowing you, and I hope you've enjoyed the podcast up until now. Goodbye. Oh, this is very interesting. Hi, Catherine. I'm a 30-year-old mom of two, and I want to leave my partner. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom, but I've just inherited 50 grand? And I want to use the money to better my life and generate an income for me and for my babies. Any ideas or suggestions would be greatly welcomed. Hmm. Okay, first things first. I've learned from some of my close friends, you don't want to get caught in any tax trouble. So I'm on the government website. It says, you do not usually pay tax on anything you inherit at the time you inherit it. You may need to pay income tax on profit you later earn from your inheritance, e.g. dividends from shares or rental income from a property, or capital gains tax if you later sell shares or a property you inherited, but you didn't inherit a property, you inherited $50,000. Okay, if you are in debt at all, I would pay off your debt, credit card debt, whatever. Outside of that, this is such a risky time that I would not go near any stocks or long-term investments at all. Personally, I wouldn't. It doesn't sound like you're in a situation where you can be really high risk and you might need access to that cash 
within the next two to five years. I mean, unfortunately, 50,000 pounds, it's loads and loads of money, but who knows how far it can get you, especially when you're leaving your partner and you're starting a new life in the UK during a pandemic as Brexit unfolds. Having said that, I heard we're going to be really low on citrus fruit and lettuce. So if you can get your hands on some of that, we don't have fish anymore. I think that we sold all of those to Europe. I'm just going to call my friend Elizabeth. Hello? Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Are you all right out here now? I just need to talk to Anne Stephan. I'm going to go in for a minute. Well, I have received an email from a woman who has small children and she wants to leave her partner, the dream, and now she's inherited 50 grand and she wants to know how to do that in a smart way in a recession and in a pandemic to keep herself most smartly poised for the future. Well, first of all, I'm not qualified to give anyone any kind of financial advice at all. Ideally, you want to go to, I would say, a financial advisor and a divorce lawyer. Has she already inherited the money? I think so, yeah. So does he get some of it? It counts as an asset, so yes. Well, shit. So now she has £25,000. You really need, I would say, you you want to spend some of that money on on getting some legal advice. Yeah. uh, Which is expensive. But it's worth it, you know, getting some advice from a financial advisor and a, and a family lawyer. Well, that's no good. People don't write into my podcast because they want professional advice. It depends whether she wants it to live on as well. Yeah, because she has no money otherwise. Well, then maybe put it into a down and a deposit on a flat or something. You don't have to live in it. That's what people don't realize. But if you've got money like that and you, ha- you want to live in a, say, a three-bedroom house, you've only got 50 grand, buy a flat. You can still carry on renting your house. Buy a flat, put a buy-to-let mortgage on it, leave it alone, and it will make money and it will do its thing and you won't have to do anything with it and it's better than having it in a bank account. But I wouldn't say that now is a fantastic time to buy because the market's quite up. So you're better to wait, see what happens in six months or something but it'll take more than that to get divorced so god well it's all very bleak all right that's all i I'm needed sorry <laughs> or you could just go and get a bbl and some massive plastic boots get your teeth done and then marry someone who is you know has a helicopter and then use the helicopter to fly over your ex's house chuck loads of bags of dog shit on him well we got there in the end i hope that advice was useful good luck with your money and your breakup. Oh no, in love with someone who's having a baby. Catherine, I'm a 25-year-old girl living a very average and very boring life. However, recently, the romance side has taken a wild and tumultuous turn. A couple years ago, I moved from a large city to a small village. I met a guy the same age as me through work just after I moved there and had always been attracted to him, but I never pursued it as I knew he had a girlfriend for quite a few years. I'd heard through mutual friends that their relationship was somewhat dwindling and was becoming more of a friendship, but paid no attention to this until one day he messaged me out of the blue. I messaged back, as he wasn't a stranger, and it was a harmless conversation. Although I did make him aware, I knew he was in a relationship, and I steered away from anything getting too flirty. I knew it was wrong, but we carried on chatting for a couple of weeks and bumped into each other a lot at work, where we started talking even more until eventually he told me he was starting to like me. However, the next day, he hit me with a bombshell. His girlfriend was two months pregnant. I obviously put an end to whatever was going on. 
but by then I'd begun to like him too, and I couldn't escape him as we worked together. We naturally fell back into talking again and stupidly became so attached to each other that we couldn't stop. He admitted he was unhappy in his relationship, had been for a while, and that he didn't think the baby was going to fix things. <laughs> no. I love when people think a baby's going to fix things. I used to have a joke a long time ago, like 10 years ago in my act, and I would say, um, you know, my boyfriend and I wanted to save the relationship baby, but we got a regular, stupid, useless baby instead. No baby does anything but make your relationship harder. Even if you are madly in love, you're perfect together, you cooperate, you communicate. Try that when you're both at the end of your rope and tired and there's a little screaming thing and you're judging the way each other handles it and how much and what the workload divide is like. It tests even the strongest relationships. So if you're listening and you ever think a baby's going to fix anything, try it. He was very aware that what we were doing was wrong and he definitely felt very guilty about it. But at the same time, also, he had to think about what he wants in life and what's going to make him happy. I have to stress that we did not sleep together or go on dates or even kiss, but the connection was there. And after a couple of months, we realized we had fallen in love, at which point he decided he had to be honest and make a proper choice. Aha, so this like emotional affair. His girlfriend has a career, a lot of friends, and comes from a very close-knit, wealthy family, so he knew if he ended things, she would have all the support she needed. I mean, it's still not ideal. He decided not to tell her about me, as it would only make her feel worse. I'm sure that's why he decided not to tell her about you. Instead, focusing on the fact that he was unhappy in the relationship in general, and that he thought they would be better separating before the baby arrived, so they wouldn't have to go through it later on when things were even more complicated. She agreed that their relationship wasn't great, and she could see that he was unhappy. However, she begged him to carry on trying for the sake of their family, and he realized he at least owed her that. Oh no. We tried calling it off once again whilst he tried to make things work. However, no such luck, and his girlfriend eventually put two and two together and realized I was involved. She decided to stay with him, even though she knew how he felt about each other. And I can't say I blame her. She's pregnant and trying to cling on to everything she thought she would have. Although it's now been months and things in their relationship are just getting worse, he's tried to leave her several times and she essentially forces him to stay by making threats about the baby and herself. I'm trying not to let it get to me as I understand she never saw herself being in this position. However, I can't see their situation working out regardless of whether I'm in the picture or not. And it's frustrating that he tried to do the right thing by being honest about his feelings. No, he wasn't. And yet they're both still hurting each other as much as they are. Personally, I'm struggling. Everyone at work now knows about the situation, either through figuring it out for themselves or by him going to his friends for advice. And while nobody's judging any of it, well, yes, they are. I still feel as though I'm a horrible person and I feel stupid for even thinking we may end up together. You're not a horrible person. He has said he'll stay to support her until the baby's here and obviously he'll love his child and will always have love for her, but he does not think of her romantically anymore and is set on being with me. But are we being realistic? I'm trying not to put all my eggs in one basket and I want to be the strong woman I was raised to be and focus on myself instead of waiting around for someone else, but I truly feel as though this guy's the love of my life and I hate the thought of losing him because I was being stubborn and impatient. I hate the thought of losing him because I was being stubborn and impatient. Just want to make sure I got that part right. Is it stupid of me to think we could end up together? Are we bad people for letting it get this far? Holy crow. So 
You're not a bad person. And love is a terrible burden because like a drug addiction, it takes you over and then you start making decisions that aren't maybe the most positive ones for anyone's life. You're just fueled by this love and he will see what that feels like when this baby is born too. Like you love your children so much that, you know, you jump in front of a bus for them. You do all sorts of things and romantic love can have you doing wild things as well. I totally understand what it's like to have a relationship fizzle out when you wish it didn't. When I left my daughter's father, I really wished that, you know, because things would be so much simpler if I could just stay with him, if I could just find a way to love him again, then I would save myself so much complexity. And that relationship was dead in the water for a long time before I met someone else and started feeling romantically about them. But I do worry that, you know, that person wasn't right for me, but I so badly wanted to get off a sinking ship that anyone who showed me interest seemed like a lifeboat. And this is why you never want to date someone who's in a sinking ship of a relationship because you might be the lifeboat. I'm not saying you're a bad person, you're a wonderful catch for this guy, whatever, but you don't want to mess with that. Especially at 25, this is messy, messy, messy. You don't want any part of it. And may I direct your attention to Khloe Kardashian and the shit that she has been going through for the last three years with Brampton's own Tristan Thompson. He left a woman he was dating who was pregnant with his child for Chloe when they got together and the whole internet combusted and they were like, Chloe, you're a homewrecker, blah, 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 because we live in a very judgmental, patriarchal society. People, whether you think they will or not, are blaming you. You are the homewrecker, even though you and I both know you're not. That's what it's going to look like to a lot of people, especially at work. And you don't need this mess in your life, whether it's fair or unfair, you don't need it at all. And then what happened? So Chris, Tristan and Chloe got together. Everything was fine. He still loves his child. Of course, it's the same old story. He just wasn't romantically attracted to her mother anymore. Whatever that relationship was dead. What did Tristan do to Chloe? He cheated on her and he cheated on her again and he cheated on her again. And no one had sympathy for Chloe because they said you lose them the way you get them. And I'm not saying this is going to happen to you, but you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable, very precarious situation with this man who's not even had time to be alone. He's come right out of a relationship that was bad into this one. And you're not going to lose him. I think it's wild that you're saying, oh, I don't want to lose him, this catch of a man who's getting everybody pregnant in my town. You know, I have to lock down his super sperm today. What was he doing getting someone pregnant in a relationship where he wasn't happy? I mean, I know that happens, but I just think you are at the beginning of your career and the cusp of your life. And I know you love him, but if he's right for you, this is so difficult to say when you're in love, but if he's right for you, he will give the space for these things to settle before giving you the fresh start that you deserve. Are you ready to be someone's stepmom? Are you ready for the emotions that are going to go hand in hand with this woman now co-parenting her new baby with you? What is the plan for contact? When is he going to have this new baby? Because the new baby needs to be with its mother. Um, and then slowly, I don't know, establish contact with the dad when it's no longer breastfeeding. What are these? I have so many logistical questions. And those are not questions that I would want to be asking myself at 25. Do you want children? Is he going to be ready to have a whole other baby straight away? Or is he going to be gun shy because now he's going to have a toddler for the next five years? I don't like it. 
I don't like it. But if it is true love, true love always prevails. And finally, let me tell you a story about a girl who thought she was in love with a 300-year-old werewolf. She believed she was a vampire. She believed that so firmly that she stood by brainwashed while her whole family was slain. Love makes you do crazy things. You need to think logically, talk to your parents, talk to your friends, talk to someone that you trust about whether or not this is a path that you can embark on right now. Because I'm not a fortune teller, but I have a prediction. This man will be either with the mother of his child or absolutely single in a year. I hope you love each other enough to give him the space to figure this out and to give you a year to see, you know, if this is what you really want. No one is a bad person, but this is going to be messy for 12 months. Good luck. Well, thank you so much for listening to the last Telling Everybody Everything of 2020. We will be back next week when it will be 2021. Everything's going to be fixed. Lockdown is going to be over. And we're all just going to be so happy. It'll be summertime next week. The flowers will bloom. Um, I do have to say, I've received more messages about the vampire and the werewolf murder situation from more Albertans. And they've said that the girl would not admit to police, maybe, that the two were sleeping together. And maybe the reason why this grooming abuser, as I will refer to him as from here on in, he wasn't charged with it. They they just couldn't prove that. They had actually slept together, but they could prove the murders. So I don't know. I think that she would be in a very different position to testify the full truth today, and she wouldn't be protecting him. Either way, it's grooming. I don't like it. Let me know what you think, or maybe just email me. I can help you with your love life. It's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.